For hundreds of years, concert halls around the world have included world-class pipe organs, stimulating the creative juices of countless composers. The combination of organ and orchestra can be incredible. Mozart famously christened the pipe organ the king of instruments. Someone else likened the orchestra to the Pope, quipping that the two could never possibly get along. Well, we're here today to dispel that notion and prove that the organ and orchestra can indeed play nicely together, actually complement each other in very favorable ways. Today we're going to explore some lesser-known repertoire for organ and orchestra, so stay tuned. This is the King of Instruments. Hello and welcome to the King of Instruments. I'm Bill Stein. And I'm Mark Schultz. Today we're exploring music written specifically for organ and orchestra. There are pieces in the genre that require only a few notes to be recognized. Most organists would immediately know Francis Poulenc's Concerto for Organ, Strings, and Timpani. Can you name this piece in one chord? Probably the most famous C major chord in all of music. The first chord of the last movement of Camille Saint-Saëns' Symphony No. 3, the Organ Symphony. Well, for this episode, we're going to avoid the familiar and delve into the less familiar. There is a wealth of works for organ and orchestra that are not terribly well known, but are deserving of so much more attention. Here's a fantastic opening salvo for this exploration. Modère the final movement from the Concerto for Organ, Strings, and Percussion by French composer Pierre Petit. Composed in 1958, this work is exuberant, full of energy, cleverly using the organ and orchestra. Gillian Weir is the organist, and the English Chamber Orchestra is under the direction of Raymond Leppard. The organ is the 1995 Marcusen of four manuals and 89 ranks in St. Augustine's Chapel, the Tonebridge School, Tonebridge, England. Thank you. 
exciting music. That was Gillian Weir playing Modère from Concerto for Organ, Strings, and Percussion by Pierre Petit. Here's something a bit more tuneful. Meditation by another Frenchman, Charles-Edouard Lefebvre. A student of Charles Gounod, Lefebvre composed this piece around 1890. Unlike the first piece on the program, the organist used as a supportive participant in this contemplative movement. Todd Gresick is the organist with the Metropolis Chamber Orchestra. Thank you. 
playing the four-manual 102-rank Howell organ at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Dixon, Illinois. That was Todd Gresick and the Metropolis Chamber Orchestra playing Charles-Edouard Lefebvre's Meditation. Thanks for listening to The King of Instruments. Complete information about everything we've played today can be found on our website, kingofinstruments.show. A familiar name amongst organists is Belgian composer and educator Joseph Jongen. His monumental Symphonie Contretante of 1926 is a tour de force considered by many to be among the greatest works ever written for organ and orchestra. However, I suspect that not many are aware that Zhangen composed a piece for organ and orchestra a few years earlier. Him, Opus 78, was composed in 1924. It bears many of the hallmarks of Zhangen's music, sumptuous writing for the organ and orchestra, soaring melodies, and hints of Impressionism. From a live performance in 2014, this is organist Peter Richard Conti presiding over the gargantuan Wanamaker Grand Court organ. The ensemble known as Symphony in C is led by Rosen Milanov.
That was Hymn for Orchestra and Organ by Joseph Jongen. Peter Richard Conti was at the console of the 6-manual 457-rank Wanamaker Grand Court Organ. Rosin Milanoff conducted the orchestra known as Symphony in C. Today on The King of Instruments, we're exploring lesser-known works for organ and orchestra. Next, we head to the Czech Republic for some music by native son Peter Aben. Born in 1929, Aben was raised Catholic, but because his father was Jewish, he fell foul of the national socialist occupiers of his homeland. In 1943, aged 14, Aben was captured and imprisoned by the Nazis in the camp at Buchenwald, remaining there for the duration of the war. Following the war... Aben refused to join the Czech Communist Party and continued to openly attend church services, thus forfeiting many career advancements before the fall of the communist government in 1989. He was then given several important appointments and awards. Here is the finale from Peter Aben's Organ Concerto No. 2, composed in 1988. American organist Marilyn Mason is the soloist in this 2004 release with the Czech National Symphony Orchestra under the direction of Paul Freeman. The organ is the four-manual 63-rank Rieger Kloss in Dvorak Hall in the Rudolfinum, Prague.
That was Marilyn Mason and the Czech National Symphony Orchestra playing the finale from Peter Eben's Organ Concerto No. 2. You're listening to The King of Instruments on Classic 107.3. There's a trope about musicians who work hard but receive little recognition and are forced to struggle through life, only to become famous and lauded after their death. Today, however, I want to draw your attention to someone quite the opposite. Walter Piston led a busy and successful life as a musician, was respected by his peers, sought after as a teacher, and only to have been largely forgotten after his death. So today, on the anniversary of his death, we're going to remember Walter Piston and his amazing work for organ and orchestra. Piston was born in Maine in 1894. He grew up in Boston and initially studied engineering and worked as a draftsman. He taught himself music though, and after a stint in a Navy band, he enrolled in Harvard as a music student, and then was on to Paris for lessons with Paul Ducat and then study with Nadia Boulanger. Piston spent the bulk of his life at Harvard University, teaching and composing, winning Pulitzer Prizes for his compositions. The most famous of his works is a ballet titled The Incredible Flutist, bits of which were used as a TV show theme song, and that overshadowed much of his other work. I talked about E-Power Biggs in his radio show last month. Well, Biggs wanted to play a piece by Antonio Soler on his show, but he didn't have the music, only a recording. In 1943, he gave the recording to Piston, who transcribed the work, and then returned the music to Biggs in just a day. Suitably impressed, Biggs then asked Piston to write a new work for the show. What resulted was his prelude and allegro for organ and strings. This 10-minute work, according to Piston's biographer, is a reflection of the struggles of war the country was going through at the time. The prelude is full of anguish, but the allegro springs to life with the determination to win the war. This and one other piece for solo organ were Piston's only contributions to organ repertoire. The recording we're hearing now was made in 2002. The organist is David Schrader, and he's joined by strings of the Grant Park Orchestra. The recording was made in Chicago Symphony Hall, home to a 60-rank Cassavant organ installed in 1998 and includes 37 ranks originally installed in the hall by Moeller in 1981. The album is titled American Works for Organ and Orchestra. There wasn't time to include the full work in the show today, but if you'd like to find more information about getting this recording for yourself, well, that's available at kingofinstruments.show. I'm Brent Johnson. Thanks for listening to The King of Instruments.
You're listening to the King of Instruments on Classic 107.3. Though Marcel Dupré is mostly recognized as a composer of solo organ music, he was a prolific composer, too, of chamber music, works for choir, songs, and a substantial symphony in G minor for organ and orchestra. Written in 1927, this large-scale work is ranked among Dupre's finest compositions. One of its most striking characteristics, and one that sets it apart from some other orchestra organ works of the French school, is the outstanding command of the craft of orchestration. Rather than always pitting the organ against the orchestra, Dupre tended to think of the orchestra as providing four choirs, winds, brass, percussion, and strings that extended the registration of the organ. We will hear the third movement, Adagio. The beautiful main theme is featured prominently in the violas. Michael Murray is the organist in this recording at the Royal Albert Hall in London, with Yahya Ling conducting the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. The organ is the landmark four-manual, 177-rank instrument built by the Willis firm, and later expanded by Harrison & Harrison with further restoration by Mander.
That was the Adagio for Marcel Dupre's Symphony in G Minor. The organist was Michael Murray. Yaha Ling led the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Pipe organs continue to be installed in concert halls around the world. Here in the United States, notable installations have included Disney Hall, Los Angeles, Verizon Hall in Philadelphia, Laura Turner Hall, Skemmerhorn Symphony Center, Nashville, Davies Symphony Hall, San Francisco, Benaroya Hall, Seattle, and, of course, Symphony Center, Chicago. And there have been a couple of important restorations of existing concert hall organs, Symphony Hall in Boston and Severance Hall, Cleveland, just to mention two. Alas, there seems to be a mindset that is pervasive in some places in the United States that a pipe organ is too great an expense and requires too much space, while vast investments are being made on increased office space, dressing rooms, and foyers. Paraphrasing a comment by an official of our local orchestra, if we need an organ, we'll bring in an electronic instrument. What short-sightedness. As we've discovered today, there is an enormous amount of repertoire for organ and orchestra that deserves to be explored. We've not even scratched the surface. Sadly, it seems as though we'll have to go somewhere else to hear world-class organist performing with a world-class orchestra. Oh well. We really appreciate your joining us today for this program of music for organ and orchestra. We hope that you've enjoyed the show. Perhaps you have comments, questions, or even some ideas for future episodes of The King of Instruments. Please write to us at koi at kingofinstruments.show. We would love to hear from you. To bring this episode to a conclusion, we're heading to Nashville to hear the last movement of Stephen Paulus's Grand Concerto for Organ and Orchestra, Jubilant. Organist Nathan Lauba is joined by the Nashville Symphony Orchestra under the direction of Giancarlo Guerrero. The organ is the three-manual 64-rank Schoenstein in Laura Turner Hall, Skemmerhorn Symphony Center in Nashville. Join us again next week as we embark on a Nordic journey. Until then, I'm Mark Schultz. And I'm Bill Stein. Thanks for listening.
Thanks for listening to The King of Instruments. Complete information about everything we've played today can be found on our website, kingofinstruments.show. We'd love to hear what you think. Send your comments or questions to koi at kingofinstruments.show. The King of Instruments is a production of the Organ Media Foundation. Brent Johnson, producer. For more information about us, visit our website at organ.media.